welcome to the I Own the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, what's going on? Oh, well, two days and counting. Actually, less than two days now, right? But uh, wait, David, start over. Start over. (laughs) I don't want to say two days, right? It doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't matter. People know we record it early, but yeah. When does this come out? Friday? Friday morning. Yeah. And, and so say today is the day. And then we'll talk about how it's actually not the day in our timeline, but when people are listening to this, it's the day. Uh, yeah. Mm, yeah. I'll, how about if I just say Friday night? It's yeah, almost yeah, here. Yeah. Something like that. Yep. And, I'll, and then, because I want to say that I talked to Manny, uh, Right. You can use anything from that because your story will be up by then. Yeah, whatever. Okay. All, All right. right. You ready? Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson. And I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, what's going on? Well, we're uh, closing in on, on Friday night practice, so that's super exciting. I never thought it would actually come. Yeah, I've, I've never been more excited to, like, watch meaningless practice, right? <laughs> it's not meaningless anymore, Dave. <laughs> I know, I know. But the first couple of days of practice, as everyone knows, are not the uh, – as anyone who's ever watched a football practice at any level knows, the first couple of days of practice are not always the most exciting, but I'm pretty excited for them. Yeah, me too. Get to see D. Eric and uh, and and get to see the knee exposed. Yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously, um, we this is part two of our season preview. Kind of, I guess I called it a season preview last week. I think we can call it a season preview. Um, last week we talked about the offense. Um, we're very high on the offense. If you haven't listened to that, go check it out. Uh, we are going to use the same gimmick this week that we used last week because we are uh, only so creative to come up with uh podcast ideas uh last week we talked about four things we trust from the offense and four things we uh have a little bit more questions about um and on the offensive side of the ball i think it was really easy for us to come up with four things we really trust about the offense um you know again like i said we feel really good about where the offense stands um this is the defense and obviously we've talked about this a lot over the last year just how strange this inversion is for miami uh after so many years, basically, since Mark Rick took over, um, so many years of this team basically being carried by its defense and trying to get whatever it could out of the offense. I guess Mark Rick's first year, the offense is pretty good, right, with Brad Kaya. Um, but it's been a while since Miami has felt like an offensive-minded team. And I know Manny Diaz is still the coach, and he wants them to have a defensive identity, and obviously he's a defensive coordinator, and um, you know he wants that to be, like I said, the identity of this team. But – this team is definitely an offensive-minded team. It's just weird that we're, after so many years, we have flipped uh, totally to this team being about the offense and the defense being the side of the ball is filled with question marks. Oh, yeah, for, sh- for sure, uh, which is um, why it's a little exciting that I think that Manny's going to be the defensive coordinator again. But yes. we'll talk about that, right? We'll yes, talk about we'll that. We'll definitely talk about that uh, in the second half of this episode. Um 
like I said, we are doing a, the same gimmick we did last week. Four things we, we feel good about, four things we got we got some questions about. Doesn't mean that they're not going to be good. We just don't know yet. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess we'll start with the good again. We did that last week. Does that sound good to you? Sounds sounds good to me. Get it? Yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number one. Um, number one is the safeties. It really it seems like it's the strongest position on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Bubba Bolden obviously is like an all-American candidate in the back end and Miami clearly kind of positioning him as like the leader in a lot of ways of this defense uh, you know he was there at ACC media days mm-hmm. um, you know like I said he's, he's the guy in this defense that has like that first round type potential um, he's one of the older guys on this team I guess now um, but you know it's not just him you know they've got um, Gervin Hall they've got Amari Carter maybe kind of sort of They've got um, James Williams, obviously, who we are very excited to see on Monday. Uh, obviously, he was not yep. there in the spring. They've got Cam Kinchins, uh, the other freshman, who was, I think, really impressed them in the in the spring. It sounds like so they got a, they got a lot of guys there, and um, it's nice. They've got they've got the the potential star in Boa Bolden. They've got the depth guys like Gervin Hall, who you know is obviously like a legit starting safety. Um, and then they've got some really really interesting young guys. Um, yeah, I got the whole package there. Yeah, they do. Um, and yeah, I, I, I agree with you um, about Bubba Bolden. He really seemed confident and um, very, very nice to talk to um, at the ACC media days. Um, he is very secure in himself. He's definitely a leader. Um, and um, I think, you know, I think he's, he's smart. He's a smart guy, makes good decisions, and um, I think he's, and I think he'll improve also. Um, uh, you know, he had a, he had a t- I guess he led the team last year in, in tackles was, you know, he had 74 yeah. tackles. He had a good, he had good, he had good, good numbers. And uh, I think he forced four fumbles, you know, and he blocked two kicks, which is really good. Um, it's a good, and uh, you know, I know we've we talked about we had the uh, we had the emergency or the podcast of uh, on uh, Avante Williams mm-hmm. uh, being kicked off the team. Yeah, there's a rest, um, but because the safeties are so deep, I think uh, I think they're going to be okay in that area. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, I think that's a a good place to start and, you know, a good, a good way to build your team around. Yeah. That, that safety spot is, you know, some ways I kind of feel like, like the model of how you want to in modern college football, basically structure a position group, right? Like they recruited, I guess, yep. Gervin Hall a couple of years ago, obviously they had Amari Carter, who I think was a class ahead of him, maybe. Um, and, you know, those guys for the most part panned out, you know, I know they've, Neither of them have been like a star necessarily, but they panned out. Um, and then you're able to supplement that by getting the the transfer, right? Like that, that's how college football works now. You know, you 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 have you start with the guys you recruit and then you use those transfer spots to um you know fill weaknesses and, and kind of supplement your your strengths. And that's what they did with Bubba Bolden, obviously. And when they brought Bubba in. It's not like he was already like an all-conference type guy. He was still young and um, promising, and obviously he's developed very nicely. 
Um, and then obviously, you know, in theory, these guys could all be gone after next year, and then you're ready to pass the reins right off to uh, James Williams and Cameron Kitchens. It's like it's like kind of perfectly structured. I mean, we, there's a, a couple other guys we didn't mention: Jalen Harold, Brian Balaam. They're they're pretty deep there. So um, you mentioned Bubba being like there at ACC Media Days and just kind of looking confident, seeming confident, seeming uh, like a leader. Is he like because we talked to him obviously over Zoom last year, and you know, one thing I always really liked about him is even when he was playing well, he seemed to be very self-critical. Um, that's obviously what you want. Um, but he also was, you know, still kind of a, a new guy. And obviously, you know, they had some, you know, Quincy Roche and, and Jalen Phillips seemed like they were kind of like the leaders on that defense. Um, does Bubba like feel different to you? Do you like when you talk about him seeming really confident, does he like seem like a, I don't know, is, is his attitude seem different than it was last year? Um, he seems um, intense. He seems very, is his attitude different? I'm not sure it's so much different as he is. He's very, uh, very, very focused. I guess he was last year too, but, um, he's, uh, he was very candid, uh, at the, at the ACC media days for us, when we talked to him, just the beat writers, Mm -hmm. got him and Harley, you know, the receiver, um, and, uh, you know, he, he, he talked about, um, he talked about what happened. I asked him about North Carolina and, uh, it, it was, it was, it was interesting, you know, about that time of the year and the COVID things that were going on. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, they, they took their foot off the gas kind of. Um, they thought, according to him, he thinks, he thinks what happened is people thought that was going to be kind of the, uh, they, 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 they learned the news that they weren't going to play Georgia Tech, you know, and, um, and everybody thought it was going to be their, uh, their, their last game, you know, the North Carolina is our last game, you know, we win it and go to the Orange Bowl kind of thing. And, and then we get some time off before the orange bowl, they were just, and he said that everybody just kind of took their, their foot off the gas and, you know, assumed they were going to win and they weren't as, uh, they weren't as intense as they should have been. He said, uh, and he's very, he's very convinced that this year is going to be different, but they're, you know, they're always, yeah, you you have to be convinced. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but he also is very, very high on uh, Manny Diaz, um, and so I don't know if he's changed at all. I don't. I don't really think he has. He's always been kind of a you know an emotional guy, um, but I think he's totally zoomed in. Yeah. Uh, all right. Number two on my list is just kind of the one other position group that I feel really good about on this team. Um, and that's the interior defensive line. Um, we're going to talk about some of the spots we don't feel as good about, but to me, the safeties are the number one. And then the interior defensive line, they don't have a star necessarily like Bubba Bolden, but I just, I feel really good about their depth there. They've got Nesta Silvera, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's a potential NFL guy. Um, you've got Jared Harrison Hunt, who uh, you know had an injury last year that kind of disrupted a breakout season, but when he was healthy, he was, 
you know, as good a pass rusher as you'll find in the interior defensive line. Um, got John Ford back, you know, just good veteran depth there. Um, Jordan, and, did you say Jordan Miller? Jordan Miller, another one. Yeah, kind of in that same nose, you know, not the flashiest guy, but you need guys like that. Um, and then, of course, the X factor there is is Leonard Taylor, who um, was the best player oh, right. in South Florida last year. Um, well, in high school, South Florida last year. Um, so we'll see how quickly he's able to get on the field. And, um, and that it's a pretty deep group. But like I said, there's not one star. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Leonard Taylor works his way into the mix there. Yeah. Uh, well, I can't, I really can't wait to see him play. You know, you've covered a lot of high school and I yeah. haven't seen him play in person and I'm really looking forward to that. I, the, you know, the defensive line, maybe we trust the, the defensive tackles, although, yeah, uh, you know, there's a degree for each thing that we trust. Um, but, uh, you know they're they're gonna they're gonna have to come through because uh, we're not sure about the defensive ends and we'll talk about that yeah, later. Definitely, yeah. They got a they got a big burden this year, and, and another reason to feel good about the interior defensive line is is Jess Simpson, obviously coming back yeah. to the defensive line coach. And yeah, I don't know if this is what he is, but the one year he was at Miami before was the uh, Gerald Willis year. So like the one year we saw him coach, he really got the most out of Miami's defensive tackles. Yeah, and Manny Diaz consistently says that the, the, the defense begins with the defensive tackles. Yeah. You, you got to stop the run. And, um, you know, I, I think all of it together, it bodes well. Um, I think, uh, I think Nesta has to stay healthy, obviously, and all these other guys. But, uh, you know, and, and, and the defensive line obviously works together also. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, the, the jury's out on the, on the entire defensive line, um, I think, because of the ends. Mm-hmm. But uh, it would sure help a lot if the, the interior guys come through. All right. Uh, speaking of the coaches and the, the coaches I trust on this defense, um, I've got Travaris Robinson listed as, as, as a p- component of this defense that I just trust. You know, I know we haven't really seen him coach much in Miami yet, obviously just a spring. Um, but his track record makes me think like, I don't have cornerbacks spoiler. I don't have them listed as something I feel confident about or something I feel like I have doubts about. Um, cause first of all, I think that's just like kind of a solid group, right? Kind of mm-hmm. probably yeah. the third best position group on this defense. Um, you know, obviously you got a lot of guys with starting experience plus Tyreek Stevenson, who we'll talk about. Um, but uh-huh. Travaris Robinson is just a guy who I know kind of, or I feel as the season goes on is going to get the most out of that group. Right. And you know, he's, yeah. he's yeah. DB's coach technically. So he's working with the safeties and corners. Um, but just, I feel like he's going to get the most out of this group. Yeah, and it seems like the the players really love him. Yes, he's he's a very popular coach, and even the recruits, right? The young the kids in high school, they they really um, uh, they they value him, and and you know say say really good things about him. Um, yeah. So he knows what he's doing. Uh, he's a Miami he's a Miami native, yep. right? 
played at Coral Park. Coral Park, yep. Burn. And he's um, always been the Miami like recruiter for whatever, whether he's at Florida, or South Carolina, he's always kind of been their Miami recruiter. Right. And I, yeah, I think uh, he's very well respected around the country. Um, and um, his, you know, secondary, I guess when he was with Florida, he coached the secondary and they did, I think they, they finished seventh nationally. In yep. past and Vernon, Vernon Hargreaves was a, like a top 10 pick, um, which was one of his cornerbacks then. Right. I remember Vern. I remember that Vern was the linebackers coach. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, Young Vern, I think was, it's like from Tampa. Yeah. I think I, I, yeah, he's a great recruiter. I, he's going to be very good. I, have trusted him also yeah. um, the whole the whole position group's going to get better in every way young old whatever he's yeah. uh i yeah he's he's got the experience and he's got the respect mm-hmm. um, and he's from here so well yeah i was gonna say i mean his recruiting chops which are kind of on display already if you look at the cornerbacks miami is recruiting so far um in their next recruiting class like the recruiting chops won't um you know, won't like materialize basically on the field, obviously for a few years. But I think right. the fact that he's from Miami and has this rep as this Miami recruiter and everyone likes him and all the high school coaches know him. Like when he came in, I'm sure he recruited all these kids. Like even if there was no chance that they were ever going to go to South Carolina, like I'm sure he, like I know he and Tyreek Stevenson had a pretty good relationship when, uh, you know, when Tyreek was in high school and, um, mm-hmm. and T-Rob was trying to get him to come to South Carolina. And I'm sure it's the same case with DJ Ivy and to Corey Couch and Al Blades and, and everyone, all those Miami guys on in that secondary. Um, so, you know, by now he obviously knows everyone because he's been here for like eight months basically. But, um, you know, it's just – it was going to make it a, a, a smooth transition right away. And, you know, they, they've got they've got a lot of talent, I think, still in the secondary. I know, like – People get frustrated with it um, because it's impossible to stop the pass in college football just generally. But um, right. they've got some, you know, all those guys were pretty big recruits who a lot of schools wanted and have like physical things to like and have had really good stretches and have had not so good stretches. And, um, you know, obviously they're all, all those guys are vets now for the most part. Um, you know, to Corey Couch is still young, but, but for the most part, all those guys who are playing big roles in the secondary are upperclassmen and, yeah, I think T. Rob is a guy who can uh, can start to minimize those mistakes that people get frustrated by. Yeah, and he'll also we'll talk about this later too. He'll also be good for uh, Demarcus Van Dyke. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I think they have a real. We'll, we'll talk about that, but I think they have a really good yeah. like little um, uh, system kind of in place, basically. At least recruiting wise, we yeah. haven't seen him coach a whole lot yet. Um, last one I've got is something I feel good about. And I uh, just mentioned Tyreek Stevenson, uh, both of the transfers on defense, Tyreek and DeAndre Johnson. Um, yep. they, those guys are just like going to be fixtures on this defense. You know, I, I think how good they both are going to be is an open question, but um, you know, they're both starting caliber guys um, at positions where Miami frankly needed stop starting caliber guys. Yeah, and and Manny Manny Diaz is really high on both of them also, and he talked about DeAndre Johnson. Um, 
out of out of uh, Tennessee. Yep. Um, and played at Southridge High. Um, they're both actually they're both both from Southridge. Although Tyreek only played there for one year. Right, right, right. Um, and he was ta- Manny was talking about DeAndre Johnson. I guess had some COVID problems during the season or during uh, spring. Yeah, spring. Yeah. He played in the spring game and was pretty productive, if I remember correctly. Yes, um, yes, yes. He, but yeah, they said he was kind of slow coming along in the spring. So the summer obviously I, will help him. But I, yeah, Manny's real high on him, and I, I think he had in the spring game he had the sack that resulted in a safety. Yes. So, um, you know, and he had hey, he had four and a half sacks last season for Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, he was productive, and you know, it's not like he was just doing that on like a loaded roster. He was the guy in that on that defensive line. Yeah, I'm sure so. he's in. I'm sure he's in better shape now. If he mm-hmm. was sick before, um, and you know, Tyreek Stevenson is, you know, he's the real deal. So, uh, and again, another, you know, South Floridian and, and um, I mean, Georgia, SEC. So, you know, he's, he's seen some incredible competition. Um, and uh, I think r- real important, both, both those guys. Yeah, I think the only question with Tyreek is is the specifically the move to cornerback because he was you know he was a cornerback in high school and I think Georgia recruited him as a cornerback but there were always always kind of thought that he was a cornerback slash maybe ultimately a safety and Georgia kind of had him playing their version of the striker spot um, so you know I think there there's some questions about what he's going to look like just as a lockdown cornerback but just like as a football player he's going to be good like he was good and really good in that role at Georgia. Um, which means he's, you know, he's good. He's good at football. I think the question is going to be how good is he going to be as a number one cornerback? And that's kind of the way I feel about DeAndre Johnson a little bit too. Um, And maybe that's a good place to break because that transitions us very nicely to our first topic and the things we are a little more concerned about. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we're back. Uh, speaking of kind of going back to what I was just talking about before the break um, with DeAndre Johnson um, and I, the way I said I felt confident about him was kind of very specific. And that was he is a starter and a group that needed a proven starter. Um, the question, I think, on that side of the ball is or in that position group, specifically the defensive ends, because I think they have guys who are starting quality. Right. They've got DeAndre Johnson. Um, we'll see what Zach McLeod looks like, but obviously he's a guy who started a lot of football games. 
Um, right. You know, Jafari Harvey and Cam Williams started the bowl game. Um, I think the question there, though, every year Miami has basically every year since Manny Diaz has been here, Miami has had like a I don't remember the exact number. I want to say it was like an eight sack guy, like an NFL defensive end, whether it was Joe Jackson or um, mm-hmm. or Chad, uh, Chad Thomas. John Garvin. Um, now they don't have, I mean, there's a no. good chance one of those guys emerged, but we have no idea who that guy is right now, unless it's DeAndre Johnson, but I'm not sure it is. Um, yeah, I'm not, I can't, I can't be, be sure about that either. Really. I mean, Zach McLeod, I don't know. 6'2", 254. I don't know. Um, it still feels like their best bet at that is is uh, Jafari Harvey, who we're still kind of waiting on, but I know they've been high on since the day he stepped on campus. But we yeah, and the, and, the, and the guys were talking about him also. I, people are still talking about him. So, um, I mean, I, I think he's the one that they have to hope kind of breaks out. Uh, and he's got a little more size to him, or at least length. Um, and he's the one that was kind of, you know, touted very highly, but I can't, I'm, I'm not sure at the, at the defensive end position, really. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, Cam Williams. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing we're like, we're waiting for a guy to pop there. And there's, I think there's a pretty good chance. One of those guys becomes really good we just haven't seen it yet like i said it could be jafari harvey i think Cam, i don't i'm not gonna rule out cam williams the way that he's built um right. Ants williams is a guy we've not seen at all yet but he was a really big recruit coming out of oak leaf and um you know it wasn't surprising that he didn't really get on the field last year because he was he was really skinny coming out of high school and needed to bulk up um but you know they've they've definitely got options there you know jabari ishmael is a, the, the kind of top freshman coming in um you know hard to ever bank on a freshman unless he's like a mega star but they've got they've definitely got like all the body types and all the talent like that you look for just like those raw physical tools but they just really right. need those guys to to put it together this year you know those are all I guys sure Miami thinks can put it together question is it going to be this year yeah well i i think it's i really think it's tough i we've talked about this before but the i you know the idea of jalen phillips and quincy roche pretty much playing it all last year, just dominating, you know, um, taking over those positions. Uh, it, it was great for last year, but it, it, it kind of hurts for this year. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't get to play backups like at all at that spot, which was something they talked about kind of throughout the season. Um, so they, they needed those guys to make up a lot of ground in the, in the spring. Um, obviously DeAndre Johnson, as you mentioned with the COVID situation, probably hurt that a little bit. Uh, uh-huh. So this is going to be a really, really important camp for them, I think. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. I yeah. The def- the defensive line as a whole, we'll see. Yeah. It's it's kind of when we talk about these things, we don't trust as much or have more questions about. It's the group that has the highest ceiling, out of like some of these things we're going to talk about. I think in this list, like they could be, end up being really good. The entire defensive line could end up being really good. We just have. Yep. I haven't seen it yet. Um, one group I feel not as good about their ceiling is the linebackers, um, which Miami, 
we talked about last week how they have like seven or eight offensive linemen with starting experience and how that's a good thing because I think most of those guys are legit like ACC starting caliber offensive linemen. Uh-huh. Um, the linebacker spot is another spot where they have a lot of guys with starting experience um, where you've got, you know, vets like Wayman Steed and Bradley Jennings, younger guys like Corey Flagg and Sam Brooks. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, um, Zach McLeod made the position change, but, you know, if every, all else failed, I'm sure he could move back to linebacker if they, like, needed it in a pinch. Um, they moved Keontra Smith from striker to, to linebacker. Um, but so they got, they got guys with starting experience, but I don't, I like, you could tell me any combination of like six different people are starting at linebacker on the first snap against Alabama. And like, yeah. I'd, and and I'd most people more. would, yeah. And most people would say who? Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, once, you know, Shaq Quarterman and Mike Pinckney. I know Zach was part of Zach McLeod was part of that group when all three freshmen mm-hmm. and we did so many stories on that and left a couple of years ago. And ever since years, they they came in with many night 2016. They were freshmen. Um, you know, they were so good. And that was always a story every year. And now it's like uh, it's just been question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, run defense um, lacking. Um, you know, like I said, who is that guy? Sam Brooks, we thought two, two seasons ago, I guess he had a really good bowl game. Yeah. And he showed a lot of promise. Um, and then he, he, he missed sp- this spring. He had a toe injury and um and then Manny, I asked Manny Diaz about him a couple of weeks ago, and Manny said that he actually had surgery on the toe, which he said was helpful. It did what it was supposed to do, but he's he was still, as of a couple of weeks ago, he was still rehabbing, and Manny seemed, uh, I don't know, that he might not be ready. Said seemed a little pessimistic as far as him being ready. Yeah. Uh, so that that's bad, right? And. Um, you know, and the other guys, like, like you, I mean, Wayman Steed, I swear, he must be 80 years old by now. Yeah, he's been here a long time. A lot of injuries, and, you know, it was pretty a exciting. A lot of knee things. Field, but, yeah, again, like. like yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I mean. The one guy it seems like they feel good about is Corey Flagg. Corey Flagg, um, yeah. Who is not, yeah. you know, they, they brought in basically kind of, you know, he's, he's got a little bit of that Shaq Quarterman to him, right? He's not like the biggest like physical freak at that linebacker spot you know he's only like six foot or six one maybe um but he's got like the those i think like leadership instincts and just all like the you know instincts basically like that's number one skill for a middle linebacker right is the guy just kind of knows where the play is going to be going they they listed him as by the way is 511 so Um, that means yeah, uh, ten maybe or five. Yeah, yeah I mean that's a small linebacker. Not that Shaq, Shaq was bigger than that, but not that the Shaq was a big linebacker. But like right. I, I kind of see why they like him, considering how much like we know Manny Diaz. Like I would think if you asked like whose favorite players he ever coached was and gave him truth serum, I have to think Shaq Quarterman would be pretty high on that list. Like I can yeah. understand why they love Corey Flag, um, but beyond that, um, you know Zach Bro- Sam Brooks like. I think still could be good if he's healthy, but he's had a lot of injuries at this point. And 
We don't know what, like you said, we don't know when he's going to be ready. We're still waiting on Avery Huff, who um, is probably the most like physically talented linebacker they have um, mm-hmm. to, to kind of put it together. And I'm, you know, I'm not like, I, I still think that can happen. He's only a red, sh- like red shirt sophomore or whatever we're like calling it now. Richard, fresh, like second year redshirt freshman. Yeah. We're calling second it. year redshirt. You got a lot of eligibility <laughs> left is what I'm saying. Um, yeah, talk about Avery, right? You know, yeah. uh, he's it's interesting because they have him down. He, I mean, he's six three. They have so he's a, he's nice and tall, um, yeah. but as two hundred five pounds, and if that's they have that. Um wrote that, right? Yeah, six three and two hundred five for a linebacker. That's skinny. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what he looks like. He's was you know he's a guy who I absolutely loved when he was playing at the same time as Aquinas, and they would line right. him up on one play. He would be a defensive end. On the next play, he'd be their free safety. Like he's got that versatility that um, you know I think a lot of people when he came in wondered if he's maybe going to be a striker. Um, they're pretty good at striker, so they didn't need to do that. Um, right. If he can be their strong side linebacker, uh, that would be a big help. And then Keontra Smith is just another guy who again undersized. It's hard to play a lot of undersized linebackers like that, but it's good, I think, right? Like he moved from striker to linebacker because Gilbert Frierson has that striker spot locked down. Um, so, and he right. was, and I think he started maybe in the spring game or at least played a lot in the spring game at linebacker. So I think Manny was happy with him too. So yeah, they like we'll him. See. He's another guy they've loved. It got that like the personality, defensive leadership instinct kind of stuff that you just know Manny Diaz loves. Um, all right, yeah. uh, a couple yes. more quick ones before we wrap uh-huh. up here. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing I'm a little worried about on the defense, and again, it's, it's kind of similar when I talk about the defensive linemen, where I think this might not, it might be a non issue. We just don't know yet. Is uh, they've got two coaches who have never been position coaches at the Division One level before, um, with Demarcus Van Dyke, obviously, at cornerback coach. Um, uh-huh. And you alluded to that. We'll talk about him in a little bit and the, the combination he's got with Travaris Robinson. And then uh, Ishmael Aristide as a uh, linebackers coach, um, which obviously was not the plan. Remember, they had uh, Travis Williams for like 14 days or something on the, on the defensive staff. Um, and then they, they make Aristide kind of a late addition. He'd been working in the recruiting office in uh, Texas A&M, um, but is – a kind of a South, the, the family is a South Florida fixture, um, yep. has a reputation as a good recruiter. Um, but again, just like him and DVD, both of them, I think have, you know, we, they, they were brought in in large part, I think because of their recruiting ability and knowing that it was going to be real, be a little bit of a process for them to be uh, great position coaches. They're both really young. I think Manny Diaz obviously thinks very highly of both of them and their long-term outlook, but um Again, we just we just don't know with them. We haven't seen them do it yet. Yeah, exactly. And of course, we have uh, Ish's Ish's father is the Miami Northwestern High principal, so he's going to do a little recruiting. Yeah, but I, um, yeah, like I like him very much. Good guy. Um, and you and you're right. And Demarcus Van Dyke is is doing well recruiting wise. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised about it all. Right. I mean, you're, you're probably not surprised. I mean, you don't follow the recruiting quite as closely as I do, but you know, who, you know, DeMarcus Van Dyke very well. It's not a surprise that kids want to play for him. Right. Very. Yeah. Uh, kind of just, a, just so friendly. Yeah. Eat. Um, just a nice big smile on him and, and outgoing. 
uh, and um, kind of a warm guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he definitely um, is kind of a, a recruiting magnet, I guess. And I, you know, whether how he's going to do as a coach, I, I, I have no idea, but again, you know, I, Travaris Robinson is going to come in and, and help having him as kind of the overall guy. Cause before they had the, right. They had the safety didn't they have this yeah. coach. Fonda was strictly the safeties coach and Mike Ruff and was the, strictly the cornerbacks coach. Yeah. And I, I like, I like the idea that Robinson will be a, you know, a mentor or whatever um, and can help out with that. Um, and I think, I mean, DVD, you know, he'll be, I think he's going to be okay. Yeah. He's been on the program a long time. And, um, and I, again, you have Manny Diaz in charge now. I think that's going to make a big difference. Yeah. Well, that actually brings us nicely to what we want to wrap up with. And that is, I don't even know if it's so much a thing I'm like worried about. It's just, it's a, it's going to be a big question this season. And that is, is Manny Diaz being the head coach and defensive coordinator? Is that going to work? Right. That, that's the question in a lot of ways, just looming over the whole defense. Um, and obviously there's a lot of yeah. ways I think it'll work. Um, as Manny Diaz said, when it was brought up, when he first made the announcement, like, People don't think it's unusual sure. when a offensive-minded coach calls plays. Um, you don't see it as much on the defensive side like this stuff. And yeah, I, th- I mean, I, here's the interesting part. I think, I think it will work uh, for the defense. Um, I, I love that he's back as a defensive coordinator. Okay, I real, I think it's a really good thing for the defense. My question is. How is it for the whole team as opposed to how is it for the defense? Uh, right. You know, I think we said, I'm sure we said this when we recorded the episode after all that happened in January or February, whenever that was, uh-huh. um, this would not be possible if it was not for um, Brett Lashley, right. Who is like oh, yeah. kind of a head coach. Like he's the head coach of the offense. Manny is yeah. really hands off on the offensive side of the ball, and and I, and I think this, who knows this could right, be and he Lashley. might be a head coach of a college football team in, yeah, in five I, months. Yeah, Brett Lashley will become a head coach. Yes, it's a question of when, not if. I think. Yeah, and it probably sooner than later, but uh, that's another podcast, right? I think, um, I think May, I. I love the idea that man is taking over the defense. Um, again, I just, it'll be really interesting, David, if they, if they start losing, what happens? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, as far as the team goes, cause that's when chemistry, you lose all your chemistry and once lose, you know, like just like winning cures, everything losing screws up everything. So, um, you know, hopefully they win. And he can focus on that defense because, like you said, he does trust Lashley. But still, if they don't, uh, then he's going to have to start dealing with what's wrong with the with the whole thing. Yeah, and, and he's also got no, he's got no more scapegoats on defense, right? Like, how many times over the last couple of years have been like, all right, I'm going to start calling the plays. All right, we're yeah, going to do exactly. this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good. Uh, point. This is the last. This is the hail mary, and sometimes hail marys work really well. 
Yeah, I mean, but what you're saying is a good point. He, I mean, at that point, you know, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. But um, I like it. Yeah, it's it's like it's one of the most interesting, uh, like sub maybe not even subplot, maybe it is the plot, um, but it's one of the most interesting. Um, one of the most interesting develop, developments well, in the yeah. offseason and, and will really, yeah. I think, in a lot of ways define whether this Miami season goes as well as it certainly has the possibility to because, again, a lot of the pieces, particularly on offense, are in place. Um, uh-huh. And we're going to see if Manny's still got the magic touch as a defensive coordinator this year. I, I think I, – I just have to say, I think he does have the magic touch. And I think I, – I love the idea of it. And uh, you know, and he's going to be much better, in my opinion, than um, Blake Baker. Um, and he's he's got the respect of the players and the attention of the players. They're not going to be goofing around. That's that's a good point, right? Like you can't screw around for Manny Diaz. No, you can't. All right, um, I think we can wrap things up there. Um, are you how? How are we feeling? Football on. We're recording this on a Wednesday night. Um, by the time most people are listening to this, it'll be it'll be a game, practice day, not game day. Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 psyched because we actually get to get to see the first two practices. I'm not. Exactly. Yeah, when, when's the last time you've been on campus? Because you were in that Paradise Camp. No, I. <laughs> been no. A while, so. No. Um, yeah, I, I, it's been a while. Yeah. Long. It's been a long while, actually. I, I was at, I, I actually, cause I live in Broward. I was, I drove to Miami this past weekend for a, um, for a, like a little youth camp thing put on by Gil Frierson oh, yeah. and Frank Gore Jr. And I saw some of the the canes there had interesting talk talks with some of them. Um, so that was like I was that was in Coconut Grove, and I was driving down Dixie Highway. Yeah, you probably hadn't done that. Uh, it was starting to come back to me, you know. Yeah. Well, let's hope. Let's hope. Uh, well, I guess they're night practices, so hopefully pra- uh, traffic won't be as bad as it is when you have to commute uh, in the morning rush hour. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll be. Uh, Obviously, we've been doing this pretty much every week through the offseason, but we are definitely fully in uh, every week mode now with uh, training camp here. Um, so, yeah, be sure to keep uh, tagging along with us as we uh, take you through another Miami football season. Uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at SMillerDegnan. Um, by the time you listen to this, she'll have a uh, training camp preview out uh, talking to Manny Diaz about a couple big topics, um, particularly dear King. Uh, yep in the lead up to camp. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. Uh, I'll also be out there Friday and Saturday. So uh, we'll have you uh, covered from all angles from Coral Gables this weekend. So uh, thanks as always for listening and we'll talk to you guys next week.